What do you do when you feel like the whole world is caving in on you? And the moment you get a little light, a little sunshine, a little happiness, and you see that there's light at the end of the tunnel, but then the rug gets snatched right from up under your feet. What do you do? How do you handle that? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Yeah, I've been falling all my life and people wonder why I'm down to earth. This is Adversity University. If you waiting for somebody to feel sorry for you, then you fell already. Success is best of those who been grounded first. Cause ain't nobody gonna feel sorry for you. Now what are you willing to do? The only thing that separates a winner from a loser is perseverance. And this is Adversity University. Welcome to Adversity University Real Talk Podcast. And I'm your host, Cody Martin, a.k.a. Cody Motivation. And I just got to admit, at this present time and moment, I need a little bit of motivation myself, especially with the state that this country's in, this world is, in and everything. But like the question I posed earlier, what do you do when when you feel like the whole world is caving in on you? I mean, I know I have a few habits, a few good habits, a few healthy habits, should I say. But at times... I seem to shut down and shut everybody completely out. And me being the professional that I am, I understand that that's not healthy at all. As a matter of fact, that is actually counterproductive, especially one who promotes positive thinking and positive mindset. But at the same time, and we know we go through things, well, we go through things and some things are harder than others to overcome. And this is the adversity portion, like real adversity portion of what I go through. 2020, everybody named Mama swore it was going to be a good year. It's 2020 vision, it's perfect vision. But nobody really understood that 2020, as it relates to sight, that the world was going to show us something. And it was going to show us something to try to get us prepared for something. I don't know what it's trying to get us prepared for, but at the same time, it's showing us something. And I've seen a lot. Let me tell you what 2020 meant for me. You know, when the beginning started, great. Business, great. Finances, great. Family, great. You know, and in the beginning of the year, myself, my older sister, Tron, and my younger sister, Deja, we, um, we lost our mom in 2010, June of 2010 to a tragic car accident obviously 10 years later we will be celebrating her life you know it'll be the 10 year the 10th year anniversary for her passing away and we were planning to you know really have a good time and spend some time spend some quality time together I actually purchased some um some urns that was designed like roses my mom's name is Rosa um, and a rose represents her as it relates to my family. Hence my daughter, Tristan Rose. Um, and we was ready for it. Then all of a sudden, boom, the pandemic hit. The pandemic hit. It limited us to travel and the things that we can actually do to interact with each other. Some people take it more serious than others. We were actually... Um, you know, planning to have some, have a good time with one another, enjoy each other, you know, cherish the memories that we had with our mom and, you know, share time with each other. And doing that, the pandemic hit. Everything that was supposed to be going good slowed down. I started a new business venture and everything started perfect. Pandemic hit, slowed everything down. We wanted to do the trip for my mom. 
Me trying to Deja. Pandemic hit, slowed everything down. Then all of a sudden, I, 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 I turn on my cell phone and I'm scrolling through social media and I see a video of a black man with his head on the concrete with a police officer's knee on his neck and his hand in his pocket. And that picture can't never, ever be erased out of my mind. Because as this man sitting, begging for his life, telling this officer he can't breathe, the officer for eight minutes and 46 seconds stay on his neck until there was no more life left in this man's body. I've seen a lot of videos. I heard a lot of commentary. I heard a lot of reviews. I heard a lot of backlash. I ain't never really hear this. You know, they, they charged him with third-degree murder, then they moved it up to second-degree murder. But I will argue that this officer actually needs, needs to, um, they need to move it up to first-degree murder. And I understand that you can't charge too high because there's a chance that the officer or the person or the human, whoever, will be acquitted based on those charges if you can't prove beyond a reasonable doubt, right? I get it. But I can argue first degree because in my mind, as I watch that video, I can look at an officer who got a man in handcuffs, got his his knee on his man's neck, hand in his pocket, press it down on the man's neck consistently from the moment this man was screaming for this officer to get off of him and that he can't breathe and called out for his deceased mom until the stretcher came to put this man lifeless body <laughs> until the stretcher came and put this man lifeless body in the back of this ambulance this man's knee was still on George Floyd's neck still from the time this man was telling you he couldn't breathe screaming out for his deceased mother until his life just slowly exited his body your knee was still on this man's neck the paramedic came checked this man's pulse your knee was still on this man's neck till you had to get up so they can put him on the stretcher still in handcuffs your knee was still on this man's neck until he died complete murder it's first degree in my eyes but I digress we had to witness that Okay, the whole world is mourning. Black Lives Matter. Absolutely. Then abruptly, boom, I get a phone call. My cousin called. I was tied up. He kept calling me. Kept calling me. I immediately knew something was wrong. Immediately. I answered the phone. To some words I ain't want to hear. Especially being that this is the 10th year anniversary of my mom passing away in the car accident. The words were something like this. Cody, Paul was just in a car accident. It might not be looking good. What? Hold on, man. Let me get off this phone. Get my thoughts together. I'm going to call you back. I called back. The information that he gave me was wrong. He wasn't in a car accident. He was actually hit by a car. This is my uncle. My uncle. My only uncle. The individual that raised me, taught me how to be a man, gave me the vision. Athleticism was on a thousand. 
taught me that. After constant, you know, back and forth phone calls, we can't get any information. Nobody can, you know, we call the hospital. He's not even in the hospital. You know, in hindsight, when a detective continued to ask for next to kin, next to kin, next to kin, I done been through this before. When they ask for next to kin, next to kin, I know what it's looking like. But I'm still hopeful. Do we got any other information? Do we got any other information? For hours, we're going through this. We don't know nothing for hours. Until finally, the detective, the officer, whoever, was able to reach next to Ken, which is my grandmother, and inform her that my uncle had just passed away by getting hit by a car trying to cross the street. The 10th year anniversary of my mom dying in a car accident, my uncle dies by getting hit by a car. (laughs) My mom was 49 when she passed away 10 years ago. My uncle was 50 years old when he passed away in 2020. Now, my question to you, how do you, (laughs) how do you cope? How do you cope when the whole world is in chaos from police uh, brutality, racism, and at the same time, you know, you're going through, you're dealing with a pandemic. Most people, finances aren't stable. Businesses aren't doing what it used to do. You know, everything about our life have to change in this moment. But how do you cope when the only father figure you know in the midst of all this, have died, was killed from getting hit by a car. I mean, God damn. I mean, you know, I don't been through a lot. I overcome adversity a lot, and this this would be no different. And I mean, I'm hurting. I I, I can't lie to you. I'm not gonna act. I'm hurting. I'm hurting bad because we constantly strive. We strive for greatness in life, and we constantly want to do better for ourselves, but. How do you continue to move forward in such a positive light when the reason for you doing certain things is constantly and consistently being snatched from you? That's enough to make a man go crazy. Luckily, I'm in the profession that I'm in. (laughs) I can come up with different coping strategies. Hell, this is one of them. You know? This podcast episode is one of them. It's a coping strategy for me. But at the same time, I'm hoping that it's a coping strategy for you because this is what we need to do. We need to understand how to cope. How do we deal with the world when it feels like it's caving in? You know, for one, we got to grieve. That's number one. We got to grieve. And I'm even talking to myself because this is the thing. Like us as people, especially men, we try to be so strong that it hurts us in the end because we try to be so strong up front, but then on the back end, what's happening is we're not dealing with the things that are truly hurting us. And by not dealing with the things that are truly hurting us, we basically leaving that stagnant. And what that means is there's no resolution. So if there's no resolution to the things that you're going through, how can you continue moving in a positive light? What you going to ignore it? You can ignore it. But ignoring things only going to get so far. Trust me, I know. I, I did that a lot. And what happens with ignoring 
certain things is they come out. <clears throat> they go come out, pressure burst pipes, and they come out. And when they come out, they hit hard. And you got to be ready to deal with it. And how will you be ready to deal with it if you never addressed it, you know? So let's talk about grief real quick. There's five stages of grief. The first one, denial. These are in no particular order, but I want to give it to you so that you can understand it. The first one is denial. You know, you don't really believe what you just heard. You, you don't want to believe that's, that it's true. You don't want to believe that it's possible. You know, you got to go through that emotions, you know. No, that's crazy, you know. Uh, you know, people people never go for that. Nah, 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 nah. Then you got anger. And anger, I mean, that shows in so many ways, man. It's just crazy. Then you got the bargaining. You just kind of want to, you're trying to negotiate with yourself. or You're trying to negotiate with God. You're trying to negotiate with who the powers that be. You know, you got that, right? Then you got depression. Now, this is where it gets hard. You got depression. <laughs> Most people don't come back from that. Let's say that again. Most people don't come back from that depression. Because certain people, not everybody, some people deal with grief, death, grieving over death in different ways. You know, some people can accept that. Some people can't. You know, some people get in this dark place and they can never get out because they don't have the skills because they used to ignore certain things, right? Now, the fifth, the fifth stage of grief is acceptance. And I want to tell myself that I, I'm in that stage right now, but I think I'm lying to myself. <laughs> I'm going to be real with you. But it took us two weeks to have a service. And in that two weeks, I basically went through all stages of grief um, and I'm in that acceptance stage but at the same time you still miss what you miss you still love what you love the selfish part of us want those individuals to be here present with us to enjoy the things that we are enjoying at this moment right but in all actuality then the truth is they can't be here so what does that do is it leaves us in the place that all we do is think we overthink you know we, we will jump back into depressed mode. We'll have different, you know, levels of it. Um, you'll go back to anger, you know, between depression and anger, especially when you're grieving, that shows up a lot. Anger and depression. So how do you address those things? You have to look at everything from a positive side, right? And this coming from a guy that's, I mean, I'm pissed off right now as I'm telling you this, but at the same time, you have to come from a positive angle. You have to think about all the positive things. See, a lot of times, you know, those who has gone through so much trauma in their life, the only thing that stands out in their mind is negative. So you're going to have to work hard to look into the positive side of everything so that you can get through the day. And it's one day at a time. We can't plan on next year how we go, not next year, but next week, how we go feel next week. Hell, sometimes we can't even plan on how we go feel tomorrow. But you also got to think about the people that surrounded you, that love you, that's looking at you, that's feeling like, hey, I need you. You can't let them people down. So you have to be conscious, conscious in the way that you deal with these 
stages of grief. Accept it. Accept it. Understand it. Pray. But address it. Address it. The denial, the bargaining, those are going to happen, but you still got to be realistic with yourself. Those are just two out of the five. We still got the anger and the depression part of it. Those are the beast. But once you get to a level where you can actually accept it, communicate it, really show how you feel, express how you feel, express your emotions, get with those, surround yourself around the ones who love you, crack jokes with your friends, love on your family, crack jokes with your family. You got to live life, get back into the swing of things, because if you don't, it will take you out. And I promise you that. This is Adversity University, man. This is another form of adversity. It's a test. Life is a test, and it's about how you take those tests to determine if you're going to pass or not. And passing is simply just getting to the next level of your happy place. And as long as you can stay consistent, remain faithful, remain focused, and remain consistent, you'll win. And I promise you that. So address all issues. The world is definitely a tough place to be in, especially as a black man living in America. It's hard. But we don't use those as excuses to fail. We use those as reasons to succeed. I'm going to say that again. It's hard living in America, but we don't use that as excuses to fail. We use that as reasons to succeed. Because it's a mindset. It's something that's in you. I'm a winner. I'm a born winner. I'm bred to be that. And everything about me, every fiber in my being, going to continue to move forward in a positive light. And all those who I selfishly want to be here, who's not with us no more, they watching. They seeing. They going to understand. They understand what my mission is. They understand what my vision is. And right along with the man upstairs, they're going to help me get there. I love you, people. Be safe, be strong, be courageous, and motivate. The perseverance of me, adversity, then success is right around the corner. You just got to be willing to keep going. This is Adversity University. What's your plan? You going to keep your feet planted, or you going to keep your feet moving? And success is the next step. Now what you going to do? Adversity University.